Proverbs chapter 4 today, just for the the next 15 minutes. Can I just have 15 minutes of your time today as we look at God's Word? Anybody excited about the the Word of the Lord this morning? Amen. Well, today I wanted to talk a little bit about issues of the heart. Today's message is called Issues of the Heart. I want to talk to you about the heart. For some time, you and I have been talking about the power of tongue, right? What we speak and how we speak has authority. What we, what we say has authority, whether good or bad, we speak with authority. We've affirmed that we've been made in the image of God, right? And how did, the world cre- how did God create the world? He, speak, he spoke the world into existence. God obviously has power. Uh, he spoke the world into existence. And we have been created into his image. Now, how many of y'all know that you don't have the same power as God? Amen. God is God and only he is God. But we have been made in his image. And being made in his image, part of us, when it comes to speaking, what we say, there's authority in what we say. There's authority in what we declare and what we we decree, whether we're speaking a blessing or whether we're speaking a curse. Are you with me today? It's very important that we watch our tongue and our mouth and what we say because what we say has power it could it could bless someone or curse someone do you understand what i'm saying today your words have authority how many of y'all remember words that were spoken to you when you were children whether good or bad right some of those words really encouraged you and and hold you up some of those words do not encourage you you've been running away from some of those words right so words have power Words have authority. And so we've been talking about that, and I hope that you understand that today, because today I want to talk now a little bit uh, deeper. I want to go a little bit deeper than just words. I want to talk to you about the heart, because you will ultimately speak about what's in your heart. Are you with me? You're ultimately going to say whatever is in your heart. I want to talk to you about your heart. Do you know that you need to have a healthy heart? Right? Sometimes we... Uh, we can misdiagnose the heart. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this situation that happened to me. You know, I, I wanted to go to the doctor, so I wanted to get my blood checked because diabetes runs in my family. And, you know, I happen to have a sweet tooth or maybe 30 of those. No, but, you know, so I wanted to get my blood checked. And, um, you know, the lady, after, after my blood was drawn, they called me to tell me the results. And the lady said, well, your, your cholesterol level is average. It's, you know, pretty average. We want to put you on Lipitor. I was like, okay, but my cholesterol level is average? Yes. But you want to put me on Lipitor? Not understanding. So, well, it's just for prevention. It's like, why don't you just give me Honey Nut Cheerios? I mean, what is the deal? Which pharmacy is paying you to give me that you know well i say that because sometimes spiritually speaking there are issues that are wrong with the heart and we can misdiagnose those things too right so but the word i think that what what i want to do is talk about keeping a healthy heart and how to rightly diagnose our hearts how to deal with our hearts to make sure that it's pleasing the god that life is flowing out of our hearts and that we're we're feeding our hearts the right thing because if we're if we feed our hearts the wrong thing it's going to affect our hearts are you with me God wants our spiritual heart, right? Our soul to be healthy. God wants our heart and our mind and soul. He, wa- he wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be pure, right? 
He, he wants no blockages in our spiritual heart. He wants us to be able to receive from him, right? And so I want to tell you something about the heart. Life flows from the heart. Listen to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It reads this way. Keep your heart with all vigilance. Some translations will say guard your heart with all diligence. In other words, make it your number one priority. Guard your heart with all diligence, for from the heart flows the springs of life. See that? In other words, the outworkings, what you do, what you say, where you're going, where you're going to work, flows from your heart. Are you with me? You have to guard your heart because it is a conduit where but God uses, it's where your life, uh, your life comes from. Spiritually speaking, you have to guard your heart. You have to maintain a healthy heart. And Jesus kind of gave more clarity to this verse. If you go to Matthew chapter 12, 33 through 35, I have it on the screen for you. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees as he declares this. Now, I know that you guys are not Pharisees. We're not Pharisees. I know that we've never acted like Pharisees. So, but I'm just saying that there may be something to learn that, that we can learn from these words. This is what Jesus said. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. Do you notice the absolute there? Jesus didn't say, well, if the tree is bad, there's a possibility that there's going to be a good fruit. He doesn't say if the tree is good, well, maybe, maybe there's going to be, you see what? There's an absolute. If the tree is good, the fruit's good. If the tree's bad, the, tree, the, the fruit's bad. Jesus is laying an absolute on the condition of the heart here. And he says this, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Do you see that? Out of the abundance of the heart. Now, what's abundance? When you hear that word abundance, what does that mean? The leftovers? The overflow. Out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. And let's continue to read there. It says, The good person out of the good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. Do you see that? So your heart has an ability to store some things. Right? And, you, and, and you're ultimately going to draw from the wells you stored in. You know what? I never ever go to Fifth Third to withdraw uh, to withdraw money. I never I never go to Huntington Bank to withdraw money. You want to know why? I don't have checking accounts there. It would be kind of ridiculous. Like, hi, I'm Carl Antonio Hernandez Ramirez. I know I got a bank account. Where's my money? Uh, just hold on, sir. We'll be helping you in a minute. Security, right? I'm not going to be able to draw money from accounts I don't have. In the same way, whatever you store in your heart is going to be whatever you can withdraw from your heart. Are you with me? Whatever you're storing in your heart is going to be exactly what you're going to be able to withdraw. If you're storing up bitterness, guess what's going to come out? If you're storing up unforgiveness, guess what's going to come out? If you're storing up, if you're storing up you know, anger, guess what's going to come out? If you're storing up peace and joy and releasing and forgiveness... Gets what's going to come out, right? That is this natural process, and Jesus speaks to this. The reality is, is that your heart and what you feed your heart will, eat, will, will both consume you and captivate you. Right? It will captivate you and consume you. Just the example of the word. 
How many of us have been arrested by something said over us that wasn't right? Somebody said or did something to us and it wounded us and, and we didn't care for our hearts or, or knew how to get healing for our hearts. So what we did is we, we begin to protect that area and we made sure that nobody got that close to us again. Anybody with me here? Right? And so we, we've become like hurt dogs, right? Vicious, ready to attack anyone who wants to come into that area, right? So those words... Those, that experience, whatever it may be, that wounded our hearts became a stronghold. And a stronghold in one's life is something that leads someone to act in a way that is not according to God's will. Right? So when there's a stronghold, now I'm catering to that stronghold because I want to protect that stronghold. And here's the deal about strongholds. Sometimes we don't even know we have them. Are you with me? We've lived most of our lives with those strongholds that we don't even know that we have those. Somebody said to me, well, you know, some, when I was a child, they just spoke so negatively over me. Then I grew up and I learned to speak negative. And so I know that my words are destructive and I took pride over that. I never let anyone get close. I would attack them with my words to keep them at bay. Do You see that? A stronghold, right? How many of y'all think it's important to keep your heart healthy today? Right? In the same way, your heart will consume you because whatever you desire, you're going to invest in. Are you with me? Whatever I long for, whatever I desire is the very thing I'm going to invest in. I'm going to invest in what I long for and what I desire. My prayer for you is that God will give you the desires of your heart. I really do pray that. I pray that you would say, God has given me the desires of my heart. But before that, I pray that your heart will be submitted to God and healthy. Because if your heart is submitted to God and healthy, you will know the desires of God and you will see your desires met. Amen? Amen. Your heart submitted to God is important. Amen? Somebody said beauty is not found in the eye of the beholder. Beauty is found wherever we see the nature of God. In other words, you know, beauty is not in the eye of the beholder because my heart could be sick and some things that I may enjoy or be attracted to may not be godly, right? But when I submit my heart to God and when I know him and when I'm walking in an intimate relationship with him, I know who he is. And then when I turn to this world and I see things that look like him, I say, wow, that's beautiful. Beauty is not found in the eye of the beholder. It's found in the face of God. So today I want to talk to you about maintaining a healthy heart. And I, and I want to just kind of, I'm just going to dive into one. Can you hang on to one point today? About something, in regards to something you can do to keep your heart healthy. What is it that you can do to keep your heart healthy? And I want to just give you this one point this morning and well closed. Number one, feast on God-fearing relationships. Feast on delight on God-fearing relationships. Let me just say this. We have a tendency sometimes to underestimate the lasting effects of having bad relationships or companionships as our main source of strength. We are not immune to bad influence simply because we're saved and sanctified. Greater is he that is in me than him that lives in the world. Doesn't mean that I get to hang out with whoever I want without being affected by that relationship. Are you with me? 
Yes, I'm saved. Yes, the Lord loves me. Yes, I'm called by him. That doesn't mean that I have the right to open up my heart to whoever I want without some ramifications. If you want to keep a healthy heart, let me just give you this practical step. Delight yourself. Open up your heart to God-fearing people and God-fearing relationships. People who are on the path to honoring and loving God, whose main purpose in life is to bless Him instead of self. Are you with me? You want a healthy heart? If we want a healthy heart, we have to feast on ourselves on God-fearing relationships. Get our source of strength from God-fearing relationships. And I want to show you the scriptures that point to this reality and how important it is. 1 Corinthians 15.33 Do not be deceived. Okay, talk to me about deception. It's going to bring it up. Again, Brother Joe Liggett brought it up. When somebody's deceived, it means what? Wow. Can one person, just one person, so I can... Huh? Yeah. The what? You're being misled. You're being lied to. But you don't know it. Being lied to without knowing it is deception. The, the, the issue with deception is that there's a possibility that we could be lied to without knowing it. And we can be led astray. Okay? Let's be humble about this. And let's not read the portions of Scripture that say deceived like, oh, well, that's not for me. That's for them that believe in a lie. Just be careful. It's, most, it's probably more effective to pray, God, is there a deception in me? Is there something in me you're, you're trying to get out of my life so that I can hear the truth? Can I get a witness this morning? Yeah. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Now, when you look at the, the words, company and good morals, and what is it talking about? Bad company. It's actually bad companionship. Bad companionship. If I have fellowship daily, right? If I'm living in fellowship with people who don't have a compass for the things of God, who are not seeking the Lord, then ultimately this is what's going to happen. It's going to ruin good morals. Now, morality is not just speaking certain things in regards to what we believe. I believe this is good. We should do this. It's not just the sh- what you should and should not do. This word here, morality, it's, it's more so... Uh, I, this is rightly interpreted this way, if I could say this. Bad companionship ruins good moral habits. Are you with me? So I may have a standard for relationships... I may have a standard for entertainment. I may have a standard for reading my word, for prayer, for the way I talk about others or whatnot. What the Bible is saying, don't be deceived, my friend. If your inner circle is unhealthy and if they, keep, they don't have a heart for the things of God, that inner circle will lower your standard. Are you with me? They will lower your standards. The Bible is clear about this. Here's another verse that talks about this reality and how we have to guard our hearts from unhealthy relationships. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. This is talking about now being equally yoked. Do not be unequally yoked. In parentheses, I have my explanations. As I look at those words, 
How can we better explain them? 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. Do not be unequally yoked or bound together or bonded together with unbelievers. Okay? Don't bind yourself together in, in intimacy with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial or Satan? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? Now what does that mean, portion? What portion does a believer have with an unbeliever? It's talking about our reward in the hereafter. In the thereafter, right? In the afterlife. It's like, what portion? What inheritance is there between me? Uh, what, do, what do I share with someone who doesn't believe? It's a very strong scripture. 16. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they will be my people. Listen, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, Amen. right? And so it's saying if you're the temple, in other words, if God wants to live in you, then why would you be in the temple of God, bring an idol? Now, when we hear the words idol, you think of that wooden figure, right? And you see people dancing around, acting crazy, right? We think idols, right? Those things that are not of God, they're false gods, false deities, right? Idols. But how many of y'all know that an idol can be an iPhone? How many of y'all know that an idol can be Two-Face? I mean, Facebook. Anybody with me? How many of y'all know that Candy Crush? What? entertainment hey how many of y'all know that how many of y'all know that even our families can be an idol right when we're if we put them before god and our relationship with the lord anything can be an idol right so he says what fellowship does the temple of the holy spirit or the temple of god have with an idol and God says, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. So, therefore, go out, and the explanation is this, flee from, escape from their midst, among them, or influenced by them. In other words, what this is talking about is being so deeply entrenched in unhealthy relationships that they're influencing you. They're influencing you. You're in the midst of a circle of unhealthy relationships. They're influencing you. Look, the people who are closest to me are going to influence me, whether unhealthy or healthy. They're just going to influence me. I'm not immune from being influenced. I am not immune from influence, whether good or bad. I am a human being. I need to be around people who are God-fearing if I'm going to be a God-fearing man. It's just the reality of, of, that's the reality of humanity. And what this is pointing out is, look, escape from the midst of unhealthy relationships escape from that stuff get away from it and it goes on and be separate from them says the lord and touch no unclean thing then i will welcome you and the word welcome it's actually i will bring you into my favor how many want to be brought into the favor of god and i will be a father unto you and you will be my sons and daughters says the lord almighty Whoa, it hit me one day when I read that. It's like, so if I'm in unhealthy relationships and I'm not guarding my heart and they're influencing me, then I'm walking away from God being my father. How I many of y'all know that that would be a tragic mistake? A tragic mistake. Now, obviously, what does this mean, Pastor? Are you saying that we're not supposed to have any friends that don't know Jesus? 
Are you saying that we're supposed to just separate ourselves completely from, from uh, people who don't know the Lord or don't come to church? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Actually, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, uh, I believe, chapter 9, he says, that's not at all. I'm not telling you to flee from the immoral in the world. You know, they're, they're, if, if, if so, then you will have to leave the world altogether. Right? But what I am saying is that there's a difference between me having a, a relationship with someone who may not know the Lord and them having access to speak into my heart. Are you with me? I can have, there are people in my life that I love that don't know Jesus. But do I give them access to speak into my heart? No. Why? Because they don't have the things of God in mind. They can lead me the wrong way, even though they have great intentions, even though they may love me. They don't have a compass for the things of God, and they may want my happiness above obedience to God. Right? I remember meeting with a teacher. She really did love me, and I had some issues about following Jesus. And I went up to her, and she said, and I had some conflicts about Scripture and picking up my cross. I said, what do you think this means? She said, you should just be happy. Don't worry about it. Just be happy. Bad advice. She really wanted me to be happy, but she couldn't counsel me in the word. You know what? The, I find that many of the problems in church, in, in the life of, of church folk, is that we're receiving the advice from the wrong people. We're letting people speak into our lives that don't know how to counsel us according to the word. And then we have a mess. And by the way, Paul says, I don't want you to kick out the... I'm not talking to... to I'm not telling you to separate yourself from the immoral in the world, but I am talking about those who are within the body or those who are in the church who say they belong to the body and are immoral. Okay? Which, in other words, means this. Paul is saying that it's quite possible that in any given church, in the house, there are guests who are not a part of the home. It's quite possible that there are people who say there are Christians who have advice for you, but you really shouldn't take it. Are you with me? It's quite possible that there are people around you who say that they belong to the house of God, but they really don't. Amen? We got to pay attention to this. If we're going to keep healthy, if we're going to keep a, heart, a, a healthy heart, one of the steps, one of the things we have to do is make sure that we guard our hearts from unhealthy relationships. That we connect with people who love God, that we connect with people who fear the Lord, and that we actually look at the people who surround us. When I was a therapist, and when I would speak to, different, uh, to, to young people who battle with substance abuse and chemical dependency, they would say to me, I have it under control. I don't have a problem with drugs. I can quit any given time. He says, and, and, and it's not a problem. And then I would ask him one question. I said, well, two questions. How often do you smoke? Every day? Mm, you can quit any time. All right. Then the next question is just as vital. Out of the five people who surround you, how many of those are actively using drugs? Five? Five? I'm the best out of them. Mm. This is really looking hopeful. Right? Listen, and I would say the same thing spiritually. You want to know if you're growing and you have a healthy heart? Are you in your word every day? And then out of the five closest people to you, how many of those people have God-fearing relationships? Right? I want you to begin to think about that reality. 
Are you surrounding yourself with God-fearing people? Listen, as you go forward, you graduates, can I speak to the graduates? As you go forward, you're going to go into a college world where people have all kinds of ideas and philosophies and Christianity will have a million interpretations and many of them will be wrong. Are you guarding your hearts? I pray that when you go to college, wherever you go, that you are diligent about guarding your heart. You're going to meet people, be nice to people, have gr- build relationships, but make sure that you open your heart to God-fearing relationships only. And I speak to you adults, marriages. What kind of counsel are you receiving? Is your girlfriend giving your, mari- your marriage the best counsel? Right? Is your mother-in-law, bro- father-in-law giving you the best counsel? Are you going to God-fearing people to seek out what God has for your life? Your relationships matter if you're going to keep a healthy heart. We'll close with that. We'll continue this message next week. Would you stand with me? Let's pray. Amen. I want to keep a healthy heart. I don't want my heart to be like a dirty filter that can no longer produce clean water. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to keep a heart that's ready for whatever the Lord wants me to do. And I certainly want to make sure that my heart doesn't get blocked up with sinful stuff that keeps me away from hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Part of that process is getting healthy relationships to surround me. Building God-fearing relationships. In other words, it's not just about going to church on Sunday. It's about being the church and hanging out with people who love God as much as you do, right? And more. Let's pray. Yes, Lord. Hmm. So many of us, Father, are are just struggling in our walk because uh, all of the relationships around our lives are just so hectic. Some really feel like we don't have a choice. It's just kind of the family. You know, what do you do? And uh, We don't know how to draw the boundary lines to begin to get healthy. Lord, I pray for those in particular today. I pray that you would teach us, God, to draw the boundary lines. Just because we love those that surround us doesn't mean that we have to open our hearts for them to speak into our hearts and wound our hearts. Teach us to draw the boundary lines, Lord, that we would be healthy. Lord, some of us don't know how to build relationships. I pray, God, for just wisdom, God, uh, that you would lead us in seeking out people who love the Lord, who fear you, God. We want to keep a healthy heart. We want to keep a healthy heart. A, a heart that honors you. And I pray, God, for those who are lonely, who feel isolated, God, right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I know that you're calling them right now to take the step of faith and reach out to someone. And I pray, God, that you in their minds will begin to just put the person in their mind or uh, begin to put the challenge in their mind, God, that they would awaken to the reality that this journey of Christianity is never to be done alone. We are one body. Lord, today I pray, uh, I pray as well, Father God, for those who uh, 
who those who father god are just wounded uh, and they feel like they they can't stretch forward and build relationships lord because uh they've been hurt before and and they don't want to open that up again lord we just submit their hearts to you and we pray god do a miraculous work do a miraculous work a miraculous work god begin to bring brothers and sisters in christ who really love you and are sold out for you amen right now with every head bowed and every eye closed you're here in the sanctuary and you're saying pastor there's a lack of god fearing relationships in my life you pray for me? Would you raise your hand right where you're at? Right where you're at. Right where you're at. So many. Right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would be their main relationship. That you would be their source of strength. And Lord, I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would give them the courage to reach out to their brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ here in the church. And Lord, that they would build those kind of relationships that would speak life and keep their hearts healthy. I bless them today. And I pray God strengthen them. God, to take the step of faith. Now, would you look at me for a minute? Bil- building relationships doesn't happen overnight. And it doesn't happen because somebody gave you a 15-minute message and you raise your hand. Are you with me? Building a relationship with Jesus is every day talking to him. I want to challenge you to begin to pray. If you know you need God-fearing relationships, begin to pray. Connect with your church body. Begin to be a part of the things that we're doing. Whatever it may be or, or wherever it is that you attend church. And begin to look out for men. Begin to look out for men of God. Can I get an amen? Women, begin to look out for women, of, women who love the Lord. Begin to strengthen yourself with healthy relationships. May God bless you and keep you. May your heart be strong in the Lord. Amen. God bless you. The altars are open if you need prayer this morning. We'd love to pray with you. Have a great day. Amen. Show me your way.